I was minding my own business this morning when a hacker came along and stole my data from the unsecured public network. Gee, I wish there was some way to prevent that from happening. All you need is ExpressVPN. A VPN, or virtual private network, encrypts your data so the bad guys can't steal it. Wow! Have you ever heard of dynamic pricing? What's that? Online retailers charge you more based on where you live. With ExpressVPN, you can appear anywhere you want and get the best deal. That's my favorite kind of deal. What else can ExpressVPN do for me? You can get access to streaming content that's normally blocked in your region. Could I even use it to get past restrictions on work or school networks? Yes, all you have to do is use the ExpressVPN app on your device. You can even use it on your router. That's right. Just go to expressvpn.com forward slash capital A capital C capital P for a special offer and get three months free when you sign up for one year of service. What a deal. Thanks, Thanks ExpressVPN. Express That's expressvpn.com forward slash capital ACP. It's time for the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA, Agent Ether, and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check us out on other social media platforms like Discord and Facebook. This week's episode, The Georgia Guidestones. We weren't planning on doing this topic originally, but seeing as how they just got blown up, I wanted to do sort of an honorary episode on the Georgia Guidestones because they're just kind of like a really cool, mysterious, fun thing that's not like all that cool or mysterious, but still, they got blown up, so I wanted to talk about them. So apparently they're America's, what is it, America's Stonehenge? A little more humble than Stonehenge. Well, I'd actually, <laughs> I'd never heard of it before this. Oh, really? No. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even know they existed until they got blown up, unfortunately. So, yeah, that's... I me. had heard of them before, and, like, like there's there's so many, like, uh, I don't know, like, kind of, like, just weird, like, stuff surrounding this. Like, like people have some weird um, interpretations of what this is supposed to be. Some people think it's, like, you know, related to aliens and stuff, and no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> no, not, not that I can see, at least, but... <laughs> you know, probably not. But yeah, alien. it's it's a uh, you know it's it, it is a well made piece. You know, um, memorial like or not memorial, um, like a granite structure. I mean, it was it was well made. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if I I don't know. We'll get into all the inscriptions and stuff like that. You know, and, and what we think about them. But well, yeah, and even why it was erected was not an intense purpose to be hateful or you know nobody goes there to hang out to like you know have their evil meetings or whatnot, but yeah. I'd yeah, some people say it's satanic and stuff. I don't I don't, I don't know if I see any evidence for that. I would honest, totally but, go there to do a but, seance. But, you know, people have the... Yeah. <laughs> well, not anymore. No. <laughs> That's true. She, she gone. <laughs> you can still go to the spot, I mean. So what, it got, it got blown up, right? But then they had to uh, demolition it 
Yeah, they blew it up a little bit. Somebody blew it up a little bit. We're not quite sure who, even though there's video cameras. And then I guess the remaining part of it was sort of unstable. So they had to dem uh, demolish it because it's like a tourist attraction and it would have been dangerous. It might, you know, had the potential of falling on somebody. So I guess they had to let it go. But and that thing wasn't a small firecracker. So whatever blew that thing up was it a was nice a decent explosion. Pipe bomb. That, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it wasn't like a, it almost I, I looked mean, like it, an actual professional like stick of you know debt charge well, or whatever but yeah it could have been, it could have been c4 or something looked like it. It, it yeah it could have been dynamite or c4 whatever it was it was pretty powerful i mean to take out like a, a large granite slab like that you, you got to have some some serious firepower you know what i mean and and i think that like you know them taking it down and removing it was actually the responsible thing to do just like agent anderson anderson said i mean it, People do go there a lot, and if the structure is unstable, I mean, those, those are some big pieces of granite. So uh, if yeah. any of that was to fall over on somebody, you, you probably wouldn't survive, you know what I mean? Or it would at least greatly injure you, you know? I mean, you don't want any of that smoke if you're the <laughs> representative for that park, trying to make people's safety priority. Yeah, yeah. well, from what I understand, uh, the land was was owned by the uh, the county, I think. Yeah, let's um, let's actually get a little was, bit uh, the into, the, into the history of that because it was not originally owned by the county. Okay. They, they gave it to the county. Yes. So we're talking about yeah. Elbert County in Georgia. The Georgia Guidestones themselves, what, that was, it was a monument built in 1980. In total, it was about 19 feet, 3 inches tall, and it was made from six granite slabs with a total weight of 237,746 pounds. So we're talking about, you know, that's a huge bitch. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about like slabs that are 19 feet tall. That's why, you know, they demoed it. They didn't want that falling on people. Uh, the, the monument itself appears to be something built with instructions for people who survived some sort of apocalyptic event, like a nuclear Holocaust or something. Uh, has has these instructions inscribed on the stone because you might imagine stone would withstand quite a lot more than let's say a book or you know something like that and that's maybe the idea behind it in june of 1979 a man named robert c christian which is a pseudonym i mean it says right on there on the on the georgia guidestones that it's a pseudonym on behalf of an anonymous group of loyal americans went and contacted a um a company to build this and he said that the purpose was of the stones was a compass, calendar, and clock, which has that built into the structure or had, but it also, the most important thing of it was like the message. Nobody went there because they needed a clock, you know, <laughs> that wasn't the point of the thing. I read that the company thought it was a joke, so they quoted him some astronomical price. Yeah, yeah. and he accepted it. Yeah, they thought, they're like, ah, this is, okay, this would normally cost like 10000 but this guy seems like a little loopy, so they're like, hmm. Hundred fifty thousand. Guys, well, like, it seems we'll to me like they almost they they kind of didn't want to do it at first, and that's why they gave him that quote. That quote, you know. Yeah, that's what that's the impression I get was that they didn't actually want to. They don't want anything to do with it, so they just yeah they jacked up the quote to you know something ridiculous, which we don't know the exact number, but it was over a hundred thousand dollars, which would be in today's money something like three hundred or three hundred fifty dollars, three hundred fifty thousand dollars minimum. So. Nice chunk of change there. It's not astronomical mm -hmm. as far as these things go, but it's a lot of money for the average person anyways. Yeah. It was, the idea was to build it to withstand catastrophic events, 
but <laughs> you know, a little tiny explosion took it out. So I'm not sure it was all that successful <laughs> as far as that goes. I don't know. It wasn't too <laughs> tiny of an explosion. It had, had some serious force behind it, I think. Yeah. So the, the dude wanted to build something like Stonehenge, but with a message. Cause he said that Stonehenge was cool and all, but there was no message there. It was just a bunch of dumb rocks. Is that what he said? <laughs> dumb rocks? Yeah. That's a, that's an exact quote. There. Okay, good. the the guy who worked for elberton granite that's the company was named joe findley f-e-f-e-n-d-l-y and that's who kind of took the order and acted as the go i don't know if he owns the company or if he was just like a salesman i have no idea but that's who talked to robert christian to get the dimensions and all you know what to build and all that stuff um he, so he told Joe, Robert told Joe that he was part of a group that had planned to build the monument for about 20 years and that they wanted to remain anonymous. And also that they had chosen Albert County because there was a lot of granite there. It was rural and Robert had family ties in the area, <laughs> which it's like, okay, that's a, I guess if you're going to choose a place to build a monument, why then, not? Yeah. Might as well go with somewhere with a lot of granite, I guess. Well, maybe maybe there's other reasons. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. The rural actually makes sense because if you put it in you know, the middle of a major city like you know, Los Angeles or New York or San Francisco, if there's a nuclear holocaust, those are going to be your main targets. So you wouldn't want it somewhere in yeah. the middle of the main city. You'd want it out in the middle of nowhere, basically. I would think it would be subject to more graffiti, too, if it was in the middle of the oh, city yeah. versus the yeah. occasional graffiti it got. Yeah, yeah, it didn't actually, it got a few occasions that I found online, yeah. but it was not like a constant thing. No. So that, it may, maybe that fra- uh, factored into it as well. As far as him having family in the area, though, I, I think he might have been fibbing about that, because if I wanted to remain anonymous, I would throw a false lead like that. I would say, oh yeah, I totally have family in this area, and that's why I wanted to build it here, you know? Well, we are all children of God, so that's what he meant. Well, I guess maybe that counts, Yeah. <laughs> 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 the land itself was bought from a local farmer, but he gave the farmer and the farmer's children lifetime grazing rights for their cattle. Uh, as far as the, the uh, monument itself, Robert provided 10 pages of specifications and a scale model of the monument for them to be able to build it accurately. They're located, uh, the Guidestone... Well, this is, it's hard to get the, it's funny because when I was writing my notes here, it's like, it's the Georgia guide stones, but it's a singular item. So I kept messing up my things here. So I put were, but was the Georgia guide stones was located off of route 77, about seven miles North of Elberton, the city, not the County. The monument was unveiled by Congressman Doug Bernard on March 22nd, 1980. And I thought that was a strange detail. Like, well, if a congressman is involved, maybe he's part of this secret group who wants to put these stones up. I I never was able to find, I didn't have that much time to look into it, but I was unable to find what his involvement was specifically. How did they get him involved and why was he there for the opening ceremony? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe you guys saw something on that. I couldn't find anything. Yeah. I had that same question. I was like, why, why are they making this such a big deal? Like, I mean, for, for some anonymous group of people uh, led by an anonymous uh, individual that has a pseudonym as a name that he's giving, like, if they're going to build this, okay, go ahead and build it. But like, why was it like, like made such a big deal? Why was there a congressman there? You know what I mean? To begin with. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, I don't know. It kind of seemed a little weird to me. 
Yeah, because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Congressman, we're not talking about like a little league coach, you know? We're talking about the major leagues here. This is a pretty important yeah. individual. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not like whether it be a little, a little league coach or a mayor, you know, or something like that. No, it's not. It was a congressman. It's like, yeah. wow, that's, yeah, they're they're making a big deal out of this, you know? So I, I actually kind of agree with that. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. I agree with that. Um, I think that this congressman may have been involved in it. Like he might have been part of the anonymous group that funded this. You right. Know? I don't know. I was kind of thinking it's just good publicity for the election or re-election. Well, no, well, you don't true. think There's so. Uh, Could be. But if you're not associated, what's the point? I mean, well, we'll get we'll get into what the um the ten items on the we'll get into we'll get into that. I don't know if this would be a good move for a, a politician to be involved with this. I'll just leave it at that. During this the opening ceremony, yeah. they read a statement from the anonymous group that funded the monument, and the statement was, "In order to avoid debate, we, the sponsors of the Georgia Guidestones, have a simple message for human beings now and for the future." We believe our precepts are sound and they must stand on their own merits. Now, this is where, you know, to me, it sounds like an alien did this because if you did this, yeah, why would you say human (laughs) beings, right? Because you would only say that if you weren't human. So (laughs) aliens, reptilians, (laughs) reptilians did it. Yeah. Like uh, like Zuckerberg. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's who I knew it. It was Zuckerberg all along. (laughs) Oh my God. It's those smoked meats. Yeah. So uh, they had inscribed on them, on the monument, a message in eight different languages. The languages were English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, traditional Chinese, and Russian. And I guess the point was to put it in the languages that would cover as many people on the planet as possible, so that if there was some kind of catastrophe people would be able to actually read what was on there. But I got to be honest, if there's a nuclear war, I don't think most of these are going to be like English and Spanish. Yeah. But all this other stuff, maybe Hebrew. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of people around speaking Arabic or Russian, I guess, in this area that survived. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. That's a good point about it being in the area. I was thinking more, well, there's a lot of people who speak Arabic around the world. I think it was to touch most people globally which is kind of funny because it has such a specific location yeah how how are russian survivors going to get to georgia <laughs> it doesn't make any sense right At but all. unless unless we get invaded by russia you yeah know, like during that nuclear war or something <laughs> well thank god we put that all right up. let's talk about the there were 10 items to guide humanity inscribed on the monuments and let's talk about these maybe one at a time because some of these little bit controversial so the first one is maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature now this one is very often misinterpreted as having the suggestion that we should cull the population until there are only 500 million people left i don't think that's what he meant i think this was for after a catastrophe happened and it knocked our population down to very few people this was a guideline, meaning don't let the population grow over 500 million. What do you guys think about this one? I, I agree with that. And, and some people have like, you know, they think that like, this is like a, uh, you know, something that like a eugenicist would, would, uh, would propose, you know what I mean? Now, like, I don't know if I necessarily disagree with that. Like uh, as far as like the, the, the perpetual balance with nature part, you know, I, I would say 
Yeah, yeah, why not? Like, why wouldn't you want to be in balance with nature, I guess, to a certain extent, but uh, humans don't necessarily uh, excel at that type of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I mean, if, if it was after a great catastrophe, such as like a, a nuclear war, what have you, um, I don't think you'd have to worry too much about the culling of the population because there'd be a lot of population gone, you know, but like, I don't know. It, it's, it's, uh, I don't, I, I couldn't tell you what the right balance would be. I have no freaking clue. You know what I mean? How many people should be on the earth, you know? I do think there that we in certain areas for sure of the of the world we do have overpopulation there's no doubt about that and that can bring you know who knows how many problems along with it you know like but so I I think that uh I don't know it, it it's like making sure there's not overpopulation is valuable but how do you do that you know what I mean yeah like how did they how, how do you do that responsibly and fairly like exactly and how did you arrive at that number why not you know, if you're determining some number that's ideal or optimal for the planet, why not 687,395,512 or something, right? Why did they get right? Yeah. Well, why exactly <laughs> 500 million? Where does how did they determine that number? I mean, it's I guess yeah. I, maybe they just pulled it out of thin air. They said, okay, well, what do you think would be a good number for a population? 500 million? Yeah, sure. What well, sounds good to me? Why not? <laughs> you know. It's, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know where they get that from. Yeah. And then, like I said before, like, like w- once like uh, you have large enough populations around the world in order to actually like, like maintain that number or what have you, you'd probably have to do some rather nefarious stuff. You know what I mean? As far as like the laws you put in place and how you had would have to control people in order to stop them from having babies, I guess. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I, 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 I wouldn't agree with that. I don't think, I mean, they're, they're, It'd be a, a ugly situation, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that brings us to number two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> like, what exactly does that mean, though? You know who's, what I mean? Like, who's going to guide reproduction? Yeah. That suggests that the government should guide reproduction because it's not going to be your next door neighbor or somebody across the planet. Yeah. That means there has to be... the. It doesn't, I don't think it says in the guides, the 10 items, it doesn't say there, but the whole thing suggests that there's going to be a one world government, a new world order. That's yeah. sort of a lot of the conspiracies surrounding this is sort of the suggestion of a, you know, a one world government controlling this stuff. But how are they going to, how do you decide who gets to reproduce, guide reproduction wisely? And how do you decide who, what fitness? Are you talking about fitness? Do you mean like, like I don't physical know. Physical fitness or mental fitness or yeah or what? Do you right? mean do you mean like fitness as far as like um I don't know Brock Lesnar or more like I don't know you know Israel Adesanya? There's two completely different versions of fitness. One of them is on the juice. One of them might be on the juice. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they might both be on the juice. I don't know. It's uh, something. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Gynoclasta media, whatever the hell. The, yeah. There, there's been a couple of fights where when uh, when um, Adesanya um, cut weight, he had a little bit of a titty. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh he did. Yeah, he had a little bubble or going on or yeah. something. Well, gynoclasta media is not something that just like randomly pops up. His excuse was was that he smoked like a lot of weed, and that's how he got it. 
Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, what? Those nipples huh? looking a little puffy there. How okay, does... so maybe that was a bad example. Okay, how about how about, <laughs> how, about a, how about instead? Well, uh, how about how about like a Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar as opposed to like Nate Diaz. Yes, there mm-hmm. you go. That's exactly I that who I was going to say. Nate or Nick, either one. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. So yeah. yeah, how do you decide? They're what, all on steroids. What is the ideal version <laughs> of fitness? Because yeah. in reality, there's a lot of different physiques. And they're valid for different things, you know? As far as population control goes, there are ways of controlling the population, such as allocation of resources, forced birth control. None of it's very pretty. Yeah, there's it becomes yeah, problematic yeah. Oh. immediately. Oh, by the way, on a little side note, side note, uh, did you happen to hear that uh, Nate Diaz just got signed um, to fight Hamzat Shemaev? No kidding. Oh, Wow. Yep. Because he's been, Actually, he's been, uh, I mean, maybe we'll edit this out. I don't know, but he, he's been, uh, you know, um, trying to get released from the UFC for a long time here. Like, like he just wants a fight so he can end his contract, I guess. Nate Diaz does. And, uh, then they give him Hamzat Shemaev. It's like, oh, fuck, dude. Well, that's what, that's what they <laughs> that do, sucks. though. Like, that, that's what they do. If you don't, if yeah. you're in the UFC, any athlete in the UFC that does not, you know, do exactly what Dana wants them to, they give him the middle finger, you know? Like they like really they yeah. just it's it's bad, but some one show I was listening yeah. to, I think it was MMA nuts. I forget which show, but one podcast I was listening to said that wouldn't it be great if Nate shows up for the fight? You know the the bell rings, the round starts, and he immediately just goes down to one knee, taps out, and then walks out. This leaves. That's his fight. <laughs> That'd be that great. Would be that would be hilarious. Also yeah. a little disappointing. Like I I. I don't know. I'm a fan of both these guys, but I'm a much bigger fan of Nate Diaz because his just the history he has in the sport, yeah. and, and you know, I, he just he's a he seems like a, a really like I don't know. He's a real motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But anyways, like I don't want to see him get his ass beat by Hamzat Shmaev. Like I think that's going to happen. You know? Yeah. Like, well, how could you not be a fan of Nate Diaz? I mean, he's he's a very likable guy yeah. as far as you know MMA personalities go. But all right. Anyways, let's get yeah, back yeah. to the Georgia Guidestone. Yeah, so, let's get. Yeah, let's get back to what this episode could, is actually about. Yeah, we my could, bad. We <laughs> could talk MMA all night, but that's a whole other podcast. So number three, unite humanity with a living new language, and dun, dun, only dun, dun. one. Well, it yeah, that it sounds right? weird. It doesn't seem to like to me. This doesn't mean that to, that we should get rid of all other languages. To me, this seems to suggest just to come up with a, a language that everybody can speak. Kind of like in Indonesia, they have Indonesians, but then every little locality might also have their own languages. Not not Indonesian is not the native language everywhere. It's but most people in the country are going to speak at least a little bit of that, so everybody can talk to each other. You know, in the same nation, I get the impression that's what they mean, but it's not that specific. What do you guys think? Hmm. I think to, in order to create a, a, an entirely new living language i mean I, i'm not sh- sure exactly what that means like a living new language like, well, this kind of reminds ah, me I mean, that, we were talking like a- about uh, the voynich manuscripts yeah and we were discussing that in oh, terms yeah. of they were saying one of the ideas was that it was in fact uh it's language of in of its own yeah well i think living so a dead language would be like latin i think like some people can know it and speak I was it gonna say that but yep yes it's more yeah, or less a dead language totally so i guess by living language they mean something that people actually use that's i guess i mean 
and that will live on and yeah. keep going and try I don't know. So it else. wouldn't necessarily be like a brand new language that was developed. It would be a language that already existed, maybe that everybody could agree on or something. English. Oh God, no. <laughs> English is the worst. <laughs> it is. You, you know how you spell phonics in English? You spell it with a PH. Okay. That's all I got to say about English. <laughs> and that's why it should not be a universal language. It doesn't make any damn sense at all. That's why. All right. So, Rule number four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. That sounds like maybe self-control to me. Yeah, I see coexistence, understanding. I mean, they're definitely not hard rules to follow, right? And they seem to all have some sort of, you know, good intentions behind all of them, right? You would want to think. Yeah, you would You would hope. Okay. Number five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Now, this isn't, they're all kind of like this, all of these ideas. It sounds great. That sounds wonderful. But how do you do that? How do you protect all people and nations with fair laws and just courts when a law that's fair in one place is completely unfair in another? You know, these these are all like this. They're all very vague. Universal courts imply universal laws, you know, where everybody agrees that it should be the same. Yeah. And I just find it hard to believe, even with a population of only 500 million, that 500 million people could, in fact, come to an agreement on that. I, you couldn't get 10 people to come to an agreement. <laughs> you couldn't get 10 people from the same city to come to an agreement, let alone 500 million people from all over the world. It's an impossible task. And that's what, when I read through these, that's what I mean. Like they, it sounds great. It sounds fantastic and wonderful. And yeah, let's be fair laws and just courts. But there's, he doesn't propose any possible way of that actually happening. He didn't figure out the how, just the, gee, wouldn't it be nice if, you know, you know what this reminds me of is uh, the, remember we did that episode on the creation of the federal reserve and how they would sell it as one thing. It's like, oh, this sounds great. It's a federal reserve, but it turns out it's not actually federal and it doesn't have any reserves. Or like how in order to pass the law, Senator Aldrich, who uh, everybody hated, you know, he had to pretend to be against it, even though he was the person behind it. But he came out publicly saying, oh, this is horrible. Don't do this. Don't ever let this pass. And of course, because he was against it, everybody's like, yeah, let's do it. But anyways, some of this kind of stinks like that, like. They're selling a one world government as protecting people and nations with fair laws and just courts. But you know damn well if there's a one world government, that's not what would happen, right? It'd be, it would be the most draconian administration the world has ever seen. You know, you could, you could sell that as something that sounds great, but the only way to really enact that would be to basically just wipe out everybody that doesn't agree with you. You know, even if everybody's already been wiped out. Well, if there's 10 people left that don't agree with this, in order to make this fair, we need to get rid of them, you know? Like that's that's one way to interpret. It just reminded me of that of the of the Federal Reserve, just how how they sold that and how it was not what it seemed on its face. What's that Stephen King book where everybody dies? I know that's kind of vague. Hmm. From a virus. The stand? Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of the stand. Too. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know this is gonna be hard. <laughs> nah, there's there's not that many where everybody dies, you know. It's, that was one long book. Oh boy, it took was me it a long time to get through it. 
All right, let's get on to the next one, which is the sixth one, which is let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Now, this immediately brought to mind the version I would like to see enacted, which is, have you guys seen that movie Robo Jocks or Robot Jocks? No. I forget which. Oh my oh, gosh. Wait, is it from the 80s? Familiar. Yeah. Oh boy, they is the, it. They had those like, those, those big giant mech warriors. Yeah, I yes. remember that movie, like dude. They did battle to settle their dispute. <laughs> that movie's so good. I love that movie. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> so there was an international court, and if there was a dispute between nations, instead of going to war, they would each have a robot that would fight in an arena, and whoever won the robot fight basically won the dispute. So instead of a court of law or whatever, you would have this robot fight. I'm like, dude, that's the... That's so genius. That's the best way to resolve anything is just have a robot and fight. Had that. Whoever wins the <laughs> robot fight wins the wins the dispute. That's that's beautiful. It's simple. It's elegant. It's an elegant solution, and it would work. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the one problem with that though is is like you might actually have somebody on some site who actually is right, and even if they lose, like you know, they're not right. You know, like you know they giant you know I mean? giant robots fighting, dude. Come on. <laughs> okay. You know what? You know what? You know what? Okay. You know no, what? You're right, dude. No, just, you know what? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But no, but in all in all seriousness, in all seriousness though, what do you guys think of this one? Let all nations rule internally resolving external disputes in a world court. Well, that just sounds like don't go to war. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do of course. that. Yeah. And don't don't wage war with each other, of course, as he said, and also don't keep wrecking Mother Earth with your bombs, bro. I yeah, found it interesting that. though that they're talking about all nations. Like how many nations do you expect you're gonna have and be able to unite them under one world order? Right. Like what's that number that you're thinking of? Maybe give us a a range, so we know. Is it five? Is it twenty? Is it a hundred? And how does, that agree with us? How does this world court resolve disputes? What sort of lever do they have? What kind of carrot and stick do they use to keep people in line? Because just well, because the world court says so doesn't mean people are going to do so. Well, and we've seen, you know, like organizations, like for example, after World War One, um, the League of Nations was a complete failure. Yeah, and like, like. You know, NATO isn't necessarily you know a success. That's for sure. You know, like and so, how do you get everybody on board on the on the same page? You know, I don't yeah. know if that's necessarily possible. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it is. I mean, there has to be a good reason, obviously, right? I mean, some sort of main bad guy, main evil that would convince everybody that it's just to do so, right? So, yeah. Hopefully, there's not a intergalactic threat on the way that we have to join sides. Forget all our squabbles. Well, I was just oh, going to say, remind me of that Beastie Boy song. <laughs> I was just going to say the only scenario I can imagine <laughs> where all of our nations would join forces would be something like Independence Day, where we had a serious and yeah. destructive threat from an extraterrestrial species. Other than that, I can't yeah. see us getting along to the point where we can agree on some sort of world court. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Because yeah, everybody wants to be top dog. Everybody wants to have their... Their moment in the light. Um, yeah, every, yeah, everybody wants to be the swinging dick. You know, everybody there wants, to be, yeah. Yeah. wants <laughs> to be in control, right? Well, you could just you could just think of, <laughs> but not a little rocket man. Like just <laughs> just an obvious example. It would be 
something like, you know, a European or Western nation that believes that divorce should be something everybody has access to versus a religious nation who believes that divorce should not be something that everybody has access to. There's no way those two sides are going to see eye to eye on that topic. It's just not going to happen. So what do you do when you have something like that? Where and I'm I'm not saying one side is right and one side is wrong. I'm not passing judgment. I'm just saying there's no way they're going to agree on something like that. There is no compromise. It's this way or that way. So how do you compromise on that? It just doesn't make any sense. All right. So number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. <laughs> but again, it doesn't define what's a petty law. Is that like? That's like don't spit on the sidewalk or we'll cane you. Is it like? Is it like a no California stops at stop signs? Because you know what? Even though everybody loves a California stop, and yet that probably has saved pedestrian lives on occasion when people weren't paying attention and they stopped at the stop sign and didn't run over that kid in front of their car. So what? what is a petty law? There's no way to define that. It's It's silly. And useless officials, well... I mean, I could think of useless officials, but <laughs> yeah. I'm going to drive drunk because, you know, I don't care. Do you eyes? That's a petty law. Yeah. <laughs> so number eight, balance personal rights with social duties. What do you guys think of that one? I don't know. Right before the, right before, right before the show, I took some duties. Oh. I, cra- I cracked the porcelain, dude. <laughs> those I cracked those the are porcelain. community duties, right? Not personal. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Yeah, no, 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 it's personal. Uh, <laughs> well, that. <laughs> uh, oh, just shaking boy. her head over there. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Toilet humor. Boys. I excel at toilet humor. Ether, we do need your opinion. We need the female perspective on social duties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. so this one, I think, is the greater good. <laughs> It's yeah. a question of the greater good. Where do your rights end and someone else's begin? Are yeah. you thinking about the big picture? Yeah. But again, it seems to me like one of these things that can only be done with a one world government. And it's sort of, it's selling this as like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. But then when you stop to think about it, wait, what would that actually look like if you actually enacted that through a one world government? Like that might not look so pretty, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Well, they're guide stones so these are just guide lines not but laws you have to assume that the person or people behind this they actually intended them to be enacted right mm-hmm. so how do you balance personal rights with social duties what does that mean what is a social duty right how i mean is it like on seinfeld where when somebody's getting mugged they just stand there laughing at them <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like is it, what even though those those characters in that show, it seems like a ridiculous example, but let's think about that for a second. Those characters in that show, let's say they weren't laughing, even if they were just standing there, they don't know how to deal with a combat situation. They don't know how to deal with somebody who has a weapon, you know, and they don't know what to do in a, a situation where that's happening. So what? Where does their should they go and like you know figuratively jump on the grenade? and sacrifice their lives to stop that person from getting their purse stolen or whatever it was, or what exactly is their social duty in that situation? It's a very tricky question because there are a lot of scenarios you can envision where it's not exactly clear what your social duty should be. Should it be just to report that the crime happened and to observe so you could identify the suspect later on, or is your duty to stop it from happening? 
you know, and let's think of a or more your, extreme crime. Is you your know? is your duty as a as a civilian or what have you, a citizen, uh, not to do that crime to begin with? You know what I mean? Yeah, what but about I mean, the people that are actually doing the crime, right? Like, but th- that stuff will happen. That stuff will always happen. You know, so yeah. it, it's well, I don't know. It's it's a sticky one, right? I don't know how you balance that stuff. Exactly. Yeah, you could say nowadays you shouldn't be beating up old ladies and stealing their purses, but it's going to happen again. You know, it all—it's just that's a part of life, unfortunately. No, 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 you you definitely do that, and if you are somebody who does that, shame on you. I don't have any like, uh, yeah. Well, whatever happens to you, you know, however violent it may be uh, as a as a consequence, you know. Well, I don't feel sorry for you at all. You, You chose to do that. Yeah. We got two more on the list. We can do it. Let's get through them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got number nine, prize truth, beauty, and love. No, there's no and in there. I'm trying to read it verbatim. So prize truth, beauty, (laughs) love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Infinite. Infinite? What what are you? I infinite. What are you, a freaking hippie? I know, right? (laughs) Who who wrote this? This was made by a bunch of hippies. That's why. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Prize prize truth. Like, what does that mean? Uh, Wait. Like you need Prize to, the truth, man. Yeah. Well, you need to like I don't know, like like whatever your truth is, I guess you like or I don't know, like what, what does that mean? You know, well, prize and, truth, and that's like well, I mean, prize it. If somebody, Cherish if I walk up it. to Respect. a stranger and I say, "Do you have any nude selfies on your phone?" Do they have to tell me the truth? Like, you know what I mean? Like, dude, those go up to the cloud. Nobody yeah. should have nude selfies no, on their nobody phone. Nobody should. That's true. But should you just be like, "Yes, of course, I have a dick." pick on my phone I, and I'm going to tell you all about it. No, it's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I prize that. I'm not going to share that. That's a prize for somebody else. But what does that mean? Prize? Yeah, no, truth, I take my, I still know? take my, I, I still take my dick pics with Polaroids because it's not on the cloud. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the way to do it. I think send them in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's like using a VPN, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of VPNs, boy, have we got it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> have we got a deal for you? But yeah, the rest of this, it's that's a good segue. <laughs> it's pretty vague. Don't beauty, want your dick pics getting out. Beauty, love, seeking harmony. What does that even mean? What is beauty? And it almost love? seems a little naive. It, yeah, you know it mean? does like seem naive. Yeah. Maybe it just refers to a state of mind. Maybe like yeah. a higher state of mind, and and what makes me think that is the word infinite yeah seeking the harmony infinite. with the infinite seeking harmony with the infinite that's In, implying something bigger than yourself not necessarily I god guess. although it could be god yeah so it sounds to me like a higher level of thinking yeah. making peace with death or like what's to come the infinite that you know awaits us all yeah whatever it might be all right oh, and, oh man and number 10 be not a cancer on the earth leave room for nature leave Room for nature. It says it twice. Did they die yeah, writing that? It sounds like they're dying. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's their last words. Yeah. <laughs> Love but, each I mean, other. I, I don't Love disagree with that. Like yeah. number ten, like be not a cancer on the earth. Okay. I mean, oh, I don't know exactly what that means. Stop yeah. using think, nukes. Stop well, the to, fires. To, stop, yeah. Well, to me, it kind of I, I, the I pollution. I, be a solution, not yeah. the pollution. When I read that, I, I I think of pollution, like because I mean, w- I mean, think what you what you want to think about, like you know, like a uh, climate change and stuff like that. There's no doubt that the human race has done great damage to 
to different environments through pollution and stuff, you know? To ecosystems. I mean, just, just think about, like, you know, the Gulf of Mexico. And, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. Like, like, just think about, like, the oil spills and stuff that have, have happened. And, I don't want to I mean, there's think all sorts of different them. negative... I I, well, right. I, I'd rather not to, but, like, it is a thing, you know? But, like, I, I, I do definitely agree that, like, we have done some serious damage to ecosystems around, you know, in certain areas, especially in certain areas. But, like... Could we do better? Yeah. Yeah, we could, you know, like, um, oh, of course. And that's what so, we're trying to do. We're trying to address it now rather than later. Right. But I mean, it, yeah. again, it's just like unifying all those people, right? Like how are we going to unify 500 million people and all that stuff? It's, it's hard, but it's not in this case to do what's right and help us like, you know, make our food cleaner and, you know, with the sea and then just have our ecological footprint be less of an impact. I mean, of course you're going to be in on it. And the group of people or, or the one person, I, I don't really know, like, like whoever, like, like fabricated this set of this list, you know, to, to be presented to, per, you know, presumably later generations after a great catastrophe, it seems like they were just like, they just wanted to make things like simple like make things like uh, I don't know. Like they wanted to put towards like 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 a like a, uh, a perspective that would make things you know as I don't know like like controllable or like you know as reasonable as possible from their perspective. You know, and it definitely seems like whoever like came up with this list like was 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 not just religious, but like they were thinking about. Like what could possibly make like the human race as good as it as it could be from their perspective. I'm not saying that like it's the right perspective, you know what I mean? But like uh I don't know, it's it's a uh, like I said before, like some of these things I kind of agree with, but like they're so broad and vague. It's like, well, how do you how do you even like accomplish any of these things? You know, it seems pretty unreasonable in some you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It, Yes, yeah, some of some of it sounds good on his face, but then like when you actually think about how do you actually accomplish some of these things, if it were even a good thing to try to accomplish, I, I, I couldn't tell you how to do it. I don't know, man. Like I think they're like I said before, I, I think like throughout like uh, different societies uh, throughout the world, even if there were five hundred million people only left on the face of the earth after a great catastrophe, there's still too many different perspectives and too many like religions and, and morals. That people would would not diverge from, you know what I mean? Like, like, like right. I don't know. Yeah. It, it depends. It depends on what your morals are. You know what I mean? It'd have to be the convincing argument with all all of it, right? I mean, going forward, I mean, all the babies being born and all the new people that are forming their opinion of the world and what's right and what's wrong, that they would have to be strongly convinced that this would be it because it's so coexistent yeah. in its in its you know, description that it wants oh. everybody to be happy, love each other and just a little you bit know, naive, respect everybody's right? own business. That's a Which again is awesome, right? But nobody's too. ever gonna Well but maybe, I do, maybe I don't know. <laughs> right? I do agree with Agent Anderson though, when he says like in order for some of this stuff to happen, you'd really have to have a really major event, you know, that 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 I mean that everybody in the world was affected by. You know what I mean? So, like, you'd have to have some kind of a major event, whatever it is, whatever it is, you know, whether it be like an asteroid or comet or something like impact, you know, or maybe aliens, you know, uh, you know, something like that, whatever it may be. Like, you'd have to have some really 
big event that everybody would have to like basically like, you know, mentally like hit the reset button and say, okay, no, we need to get on the same page here in order to conquer this or deal with this situation. What have you, you know what I mean? And in order, in order to keep on surviving and, and, and to keep the human race as a thing, you know, like it would have to take a, a, a worldwide event, you know, for all of us to get on the same page and, and to make these kind of rules and stuff like that. Like it, it would take a lot is, is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? It would take quite, quite a lot. Yeah. So in addition to those 10 items inscribed, and did I say those, those, so that list of 10 things was inscribed in all of the languages I mentioned earlier. Yes. Yeah. So we had that in multiple languages. There was also a tablet yeah. on the, it was the, there's a stone tablet built into the ground a few feet west of the monument that identified it. It identified the languages used and certain facts like the size and weight of the stones, the astronomical features of the stones, uh, the date of insta- installation, the sponsors. Uh, it says there's a time capsule buried under this tablet. But later when they ex- well, when they demolished everything, they dug underneath the tablet to look for the time capsule and they didn't find anything. And that kind of makes me wonder, like, why was, well, did something happen at the end there where it was like they were unable to put the, ta- the time capsule under there? Like maybe these guys, something happened or something that prevented them from doing that. I don't know. So the, the tablet reads, the Georgia Guidestones center cluster erected March 22, 1980. Let these be guidestones to an age of reason. Astronomical features. One, channel through stone indicates celestial pole. Two, horizontal slot indicates annual travel of sun. Three, sunbeam through capstone marks noontime throughout the year. Author, R.C. Christian, in parentheses, a pseudonym. It's pseudonym misspelled. <laughs> Again, how is that possible with making this with such high accuracy to where you can track stuff astronomically and yet they misspell pseudonym? I'm, I know it's a funky word, but hmm. <laughs> like, how is that? And then they, you know, this, this tablet also has like uh, for the time capsule, it says, you know, the date the time capsule is installed and the date you should exhume the time capsule. And those two areas are left blank. So I'm like, was this last tablet? It seems like it was awfully rushed. You know, they didn't do the time capsule. They're misspelling words. It just seems kind of weird. Uh, it also lists the sponsors as a small group of Americans who seek the age of reason. Like, hmm, that doesn't sound good. Are they trying to bring it about or, you know, uh, I don't know. The time capsule was supposed to be six feet underneath of it. And it says on their time capsule placed six feet below this spot on blank to be opened on blank. And the blank is where they're supposed to inscribe that. And the physical data listed on here is all the particulars of the stone. And I looked at the numbers and I don't know if there's any particular significance to the numbers, the weights, the dimensions or whatever. I didn't see anything that caught my attention, but you never know. Maybe there's some sort of data encoded in the dimensions of the monument itself. That would not be unusual for that to be the case. You know, for, for example, like uh, mathematical equations or it, you could, it really, anything could be encoded in the dimensions, but nothing jumped out at me, but I'm, I'm not really that great at math anyways. So I don't know. Well, I we haven't talked about conspiracy theories yet, uh-huh. but there is this guy, Van Smith, and this was kind of his uh, pet project, and he was convinced that this was a white supremacist project. 
And it was tied to like the one world government. But more specifically, he thought that encoded in the tablets was the numerical value for the world's tallest building in Dubai before it was built. Hmm. So then after it was built, he's like, look, I was right. This corresponds to these dimensions. I, I couldn't find the particulars, but I just thought that was interesting. Weird. Yeah. yeah so th- there was some. It doesn't really strike me personally as being like a white supremacist kind of a thing, but you never know. This language could be interpreted that way, like the Ten Commandments on this on the stones. I call them commandments. Uh, no offense to any religious people out there, but the the Ten Guidelines will say, I guess you could interpret them as a you know as a sort of a supremacist type message. Well, I suppose you're guiding reproduction wisely. Exactly. Yeah. So, but I mean, it doesn't say. That you know, white people only. It just says guide reproduction and diversity is right on there. It's true. It says diversity. It's it's not my idea. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, go ahead. uh, I was going to say, what could you put compare to that to today's world though? I mean, would you, can can you compare to that to the road versus Wade situation? You know, I don't like not. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Trying to also match so, other things with the current. Well, this events. guy he Just thought that, for you guys on that one. he thought R.C. Christian was actually a doctor. He, had, he thought he was a very specific person from Iowa and a supporter of David Duke, who's like the former KKK Grand Master. All right, so the land for the monument was eventually transferred to the ownership of Elbert County. So they they bought the land. From the farmers, and then at some point they transferred it to the county. So the government basically was the caretaker of this thing. Uh, in 1981, they had to surround the monument with barbed wire fencing because cattle had been using the stones as a scratching post. <laughs> now, um, well, it seems like a damn good scratching post yeah. if I was a cattle. Or, that doesn't really know, have anything to do with anything. If I, I, was just, a I just kind of thought it was <laughs> hilarious, so I thought I'd mention it. <laughs> and also, if this thing was built to withstand a catastrophe, but it can't handle a couple of cows scratching on it. I don't know if they really had that good of a plan or uh, the the design of it was really that great, right? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe they just wanted the cows out of there so tourists could come and see it or something. Who knows? Uh, They did become... I'd love to have a cow there. The Guidestones did become a moderately successful tourist attraction with an estimated 20,000 visitors a year. That's pretty... I mean, that's not like Disneyland levels. But it's pretty, it's, it's a lot better than some things, you know, it's not nothing. Um, a couple of times over the years, I think we mentioned earlier, I th- I found like two or three incidents where the stones were actually defaced with graffiti. And as a result of this, they actually put security cameras in the area. And the security cameras actually caught, well, we'll talk about that later maybe actually. So in 1986, a man published a book titled Common, well, a person, we assume it's a man because they said that they're a man, but they published a book titled Common Sense Renewed, and it describes the ideology of the Guidestones. The book itself is actually somewhat difficult to find. Like I checked on Amazon and eBay and stuff. I didn't see any copies of it available, but it appears that, um, well, I mean, you could look online. I did find some like excerpts from it and some like PDFs and stuff in like the table of contents. The chapters have titles like the Georgia Guidestones, Cultural Evolution, uh, Proposals for Improving Our Society, A Beginning for the New Age of Reason, On the Conversion of Russia, and To Make Partners of Rivals. 
Huh. And some other, there's some pretty interesting titles on I, there. I want to read more about the conversion of Russia. That sounds very interesting. I know, right? So I did find some excerpts online. I was I was not able to find the entire book because I wanted to sort of skim through it. I didn't know about this book until earlier today when I was like, huh, there's a whole book about the Georgia's guide stones, guide stones. And it was supposedly written by the guy, the Robert C. Christian guy claims to have written it. But since he was anonymous in the first place, we don't know that for sure. It could have just been some random internet troll who wanted to publish a book and said, well, I'm going to pretend to be this guy. We don't know for sure. But uh, supposedly it was written by the guy who commissioned it in the first place. So here's an excerpt that I got from online uh, from one of the chapters. Sometimes we must choose the least evil within an array of evils. Certain uh, certain um, ab- abortions may be lesser evils than available alternatives and thus be morally defensible. Hopefully, the development of absolutely effective methods for avoiding unwanted pregnancies will make these questions irrelevant. Our reproduction will become fully controllable through humane and rational means. Failure to utilize those means may, be, may ultimately be the greatest evil of all. In these delicate areas of moral judgment, humanity must rely on the collective conscience of our race. No single individual or group should impose its position on others until a consensus has been developed from the best informed and most compassionate spokesmen from all groups. And you're like, wait a whoa, 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 wait a minute here. There's this is there's a lot of problems here. <laughs> this little excerpt, right? <laughs> like, hold, just hold on there, j- j- just for a second. And just like the ten guidelines, it has this stuff in there that sounds like a great idea. It sounds great on the surface. Some of it. Then you're like, wait a minute, but how would you actually do that? You know, like, how would you actually enact that stuff? And enforce it. Yeah, enforce it. You know, like, what about a group of people, like, let's say Catholics, who are against birth control? And I don't, I'm not Catholic, but I can't say that they're wrong. I'm not willing to say that those people are wrong in their beliefs. You know what I mean? So how do you enforce that on a group of people who are absolutely opposed to what you're suggesting and they will never agree with it? You put it in the water. I I guess so. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying is it comes down to some groups of people, you will have to force them to fall in line. They will not compromise with some of these things, you know, and that's, that's why these things are so problematic. So another excerpt is any nation may supplement the international police force with its own inter internal security forces, provided that these military organizations are incapable of posing a threat to others. Confining national armies within their own territories is a duty which must be assumed by the larger family of nations. This alone will prevent most wars. And again, like this on the surface, this sounds great. It sounds fantastic, preventing wars and all that stuff. But how do you actually do it? How do you make sure, (laughs) you know, like I was, like I said, I was not able to find the full text of the book, but I did find somebody who sort of wrote like a little mini review on it. And they said that according to this person, now this is, this is like third party info. So take it with a grain of salt. But they said that the author in general is in favor of a strong one world government and also a proponent of mass sterilization programs. And this is from the book. And he believes that the state should be able to regulate who has children. And they use flowery language to sell these ideas and make them seem more palatable, such as every child must be wanted, needed, and loved. And we believe each human being has a purpose and stuff like that. So they use this, you know, to sell these 
pretty nefarious ideas. They use some very positive sounding language. But again, I haven't been able to find a copy of the book, so that may not be totally accurate, but that I did find somebody who had read the whole book who said that this is basically the general gist of it. Um, but yeah, so, but my general impression though, surprisingly, is despite the ideas themselves being sort of uh, impossible to make them happen, it does seem, the author does seem to be well-intentioned. But again, that, I mean, that could just be some, you know, the way they're selling it. That doesn't mean they're actually are well-intentioned, but, uh, so yeah, let's, let's get to some conspiracy theories that agent ether has for us. And then maybe we'll talk about, um, you know, general thoughts and maybe talk about the uh, recent event where it was destroyed and that kind of stuff. So what do you got for us, agent ether? I have one Mark Dice, AKA Mark Shoulders, AKA Mark Connor. And he's a Republican. He's been on a lot of like social media. I read he was the first YouTuber to hit a million views. I don't know if that's true or not. It seems I've heard to that me. name before, Mark Dice. Is is he one of those guys? Uh, some of his videos, he's like he he did like some of those like the man on the street, like asking people random questions and stuff, just like random people. I like, don't think so. He street. he started this uh, activist group, this Christian activist group called the Resistance, and. They were the people who wanted to boycott Starbucks because they brought back their old logo with the mermaid holding her own legs <laughs> with her breasts, you know, hidden by yeah. her hair. That was the group that said they should boycott Starbucks. All good Christians should. Very naughty. Yes. Um, so he's a pundit. He's an author. And in May 2005, he actually called for the destruction of the Guidestones. He said they should be smashed into a million pieces and the rubble should be used as a construction project. Oh, yeah, I saw that one, yeah. He said they had deep satanic origins and the people who built them must belong to a Luciferian society. He says the elites are planning to develop life extension technology to stop the aging process and... Basically, they're worried that the population's going to get so high, the elite won't be able to keep those resources for themselves. Now, here's why I think that guy's actually part of the satanic cult is because he wanted to destroy them and use the pieces to build more stuff, right? But if this is a satanic evil monument and you use those satanic pieces to build more buildings, what's going to happen to those new buildings? They're going to become satanic too, right? You're going to like, it's going to spread like a virus. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. So others will refer to these 10 guidelines as the 10 commandments of the Antichrist. Really? Okay. Yes. So we have one, Reagan Davis. He's a Christian minister at Lamb and the Light Ministries. And he thinks this is all tied to eugenics, which we discussed, but specifically that it's been predicted in the book of Revelations. He says, the Bible tells us Satan disguises himself as an angel of light and that his servants disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. He goes on to say, isn't it interesting that the man who financed the Guidestones called himself R.C. Christian? Is that a coincidence or a revelation? And there was that the guy who came up with um, that the name actually stood for something else, like uh, like a different person or something. I forget. I I don't think so. He just said. Let's see what else he says. He said the monument was paid for by the New Age movement, which was a conglomerate of international humanist societies. 
to prepare the way for the coming of Lord Maitreya, a Messiah who will save the world. Now, this was, so the New Age movement was popular during the 60s, the 70s, but by the 80s, it had really lost its momentum. And this guy's writing, I think this was like 2005. So by the time he started writing about this and these ideas, really that movement had completely died out. Yeah, I mean, that's, you don't meet too many new, uh, I keep thinking of new wave, like the 80s music, but <laughs> yeah, there's not that many proponents left of that. I mean, I've never met one that I can think of. No, no, I mean, either very crystal hippie, new agey sort of thing. I, they're probably still out there somewhere, I suppose. And then before I mentioned Mr. Van Smith, and he thought also that this represented the new Tower of Babel. Now, in case you haven't heard of the Tower of Babel, it's in biblical literature. It was this structure that was built after the flood. It was really big. It was supposed to be like the biggest thing ever built. And the people who were building it basically said that its tops would go into the heavens and be the greatest and mightiest city on heaven or earth. And so in order to stop people from doing this, God gave out many languages to the workers so they could no longer understand one another and complete the city. And so the people were dispersed over the face of the earth. So somehow these guide stones are very similar. Hmm. Like the end result is supposed to be similar. So in the in the story, the biblical story, uh, they the people spoke one language and God prevented that from happening so god split up split up the languages yeah so so then on the guide stones them requests or them saying there should be a single language is sort of undoing that i don't know that's so, just what this guy said it was that could new- be that that does make a certain amount of sense i could see how a christian person might look at that and yeah. be like hmm that's not quite right that's not what god wanted you know right i could see that yeah So, other theories are because one of the languages is in Hebrew, it's some uh, Zionist design and intent for the New World Order specifically. That doesn't make sense to me because it's also in Arabic, but all right. (laughs) And Chinese and and Hindi and... Right. Yeah. And then Alex Jones actually has a film about it, Endgame, Blueprint for Global Enslavement, and... (laughs) He thought that it was a depopulation program sponsored by the world's financial elites. I mean, you know, why not? (laughs) They're making the frogs gay. Yeah. And they're starting with the Georgia Guidestones. All right. And I only saw this in two places. And I just want to say, I don't believe it. I don't want to be offensive. But apparently it was you know, an ancient sacred ground for the Hopi and Cherokee Indians. And the ancient shaman said that there were signs that would foretell the time of a fifth world or a new age and when it would begin. And the ancient prophecies state that when a stone tablet are returned to the center of the world, the new age will begin. So, uh... Yeah. I don't know what that means, man. With that information, what you will. <laughs> well, apparently they called the area Alyeli Alohi, which means the center of the world. So what this is saying is these stone tablets have been brought to their this area, which they call the center of the world. And so it's it's a sign of basically, you know, either 
let's see, I don't know, you could interpret it fifth world, so end times or the beginning of a new age. Interesting. I ha- I did not see that one. That's pretty interesting. I think someone made it up. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> that would check out, yeah. And finally, ties to the UN. So currently, the UN has an agenda. It's really long. It's like 86 pages, and I tried to get through it. But basically, it comes down to uh, six different parts Global solidarity for the common good, including actions against climate change and COVID. Renew social contract for the common good, including universal health care, education, and the internet. End the war on science and the infodemic. Change how we measure the prosperity. <laughs> it means, I think it means that a lot of the information out there like, let's say through Twitter or Facebook, they're like, it's not true. We need to curtail this war so on science. A of, there's a lot of misinformation out there. A lot there, of misinformation, yeah. But for it to be part of the UN agenda, I found that kind of uh, disturbing. Well, it's it's like they're not going to tell you the truth either, but they just right. want you to believe their version of the truth, right? Right. And part of the agenda was now is the time for a stronger, more networked and inclusive multilateral system anchored within the United Nations. They also wanted to have a reformed international tax system. So I'm just I'm just mentioning all this because I don't know much about the UN. So I'm like, what are they doing over there? And how is this related to these uh, these guidelines? And some people see a relationship between the agenda when you kind of read about it and the 10 guidelines that are on the granite because a lot of people say the UN actually wants to depopulate the planet. And if you look at what they want to do in terms of sustainable development, they do want to bring, let's say, birth control to places in Africa where you have population exploding, exploding, explosions. And But at the same time, they also want to provide resources to those people like education and um, outreach and housing. So I don't, I don't know, but that's a big one. A lot of people think the UN is involved in depopulation. Hell hmm. if I know. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is if you have a, if you have a pop, like a population explosion, I mean, you're going to have some, a, bun- a bunch of people who are getting down with the get down uh, there's gonna be there's gonna be plenty of explosions all over the damn place, and sounds you know. like a good time to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be, could be. <laughs> it might end up, uh, you know, working out for the, you know, it might not be so good for us eventually, you know, but we'll have fun doing it. <laughs> well, we already have population declining in pretty much every nation on yeah. Earth. I mean, we're gonna a lot of the Western company countries, yeah, we're, but yeah. we're still gonna peak even with the explosion of of the birth rate in in Africa and Asia, the world population will peak and then start to decline. So if we curtail population growth in those countries, we're going to see a huge change and and we'll reach the peak, I think, more quickly before it starts to go down. At the same time, it's really bad for the economy when the birth rate's so low because you can't replace workers. I mean, I think you're seeing the baby boomer population is retiring over here because of COVID and you just don't have enough workers to replace them. So it becomes a problem. So are those are those your conspiracies you had for us, Agent Ether? I don't know if I can pronounce this. Rosicrucians? Oh, yeah, Rosicru- yeah Rosicrucians, yeah. 
Okay, that was just the last conspiracy theory that I saw was that somehow they're working to create planetary chaos. And as the hidden hand that controls the events over centuries, they are giving us this great monument. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. That's the last conspiracy theory. That's uh, kind of a weak sauce conspiracy there. It's not mine. It was, uh, this was by Jay Widener. You're talking about the Rosicrucians. I, yeah, it's, I, I mean, it's what it says. I, I'd want, oh, yeah, I've heard of them. I'd, I'd want something a little more, uh, a little more um, wild and crazy than that. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. It's okay. all tied up in Freemasonry. You know, the kind of the typical conspiracy stuff, you know? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, they're responsible for the New World Order and it's tied in with Freemasonry and the New World Order created these, you know, this monument. And that's that's it. That's what I have. Okay. Well, those are some pretty good conspiracies you got there. Yes, yes. All right. And the reason, like I said earlier, the whole reason we're talking about this thing in the first place, I mean, it was on the list, but I mean, there's other stuff on the list and I wasn't, this was not necessarily a priority until on July 6th, 2022, which is not that long ago. That was just this month. An explosion damaged the Guidestones, like I said, and that was on July 6th. And that's why we're talking about it, because after the explosion, they had to demolish it. And I was like, well, you know, I guess we should just talk about this because it's, you know, it's a current event, really, you know, which it was not a current event. And now it is. One recent event that happened was a 2022 Republican candidate in the Georgia governor primaries named Candace Taylor made the removal of the Guidestones part of her campaign, claiming they were satanic. <laughs> now, uh, this doesn't necessarily mean anything. I'm not saying that Candace Taylor went and destroyed this, but if you have a, a, a public official or a public figure who makes a statement like that or, you know, makes that part of their platform... It's inspirational. Some, sometimes that can encourage people who are not necessarily even related to this person in any way, shape, or form, probably never even met them, but that can encourage somebody in the public to take matters into their own hands. And I'm wondering if that's what happened here, is that because she made it, and this is not the first person who has made it a public issue, but because she made it a public issue and said it was satanic and we need to get rid of it, maybe that encouraged somebody out there to take matters into their own hands and actually blow somebody it up. Somebody, yeah, radical. E somebody that either had explosives or knew how to make them. Like, right, exactly. Like, yeah. like there, there's, there's plenty of the footage out there that you can, you can go even on just, just go on YouTube. You can, you can watch pretty much the whole thing. Like, like, and you see, like, there, I see, I saw footage that, like, uh, you see somebody walking up to the structure and they run away real fast, and then shortly after, there's an explosion. So it, it seems to me like what, like whatever, like they used. It was pretty powerful in order to demolish like one of these uh, granite slabs, you know, and then make the whole other structure, the entirety of the structure unstable. So they had to take it down. But like whatever they used was pretty powerful. It seems like a pretty powerful explosion. And also, also, you, you know, there's there's videotape of uh, what it looks like, like a four door sedan, like the um, like it looks like it's like a, a silver or gray color. Um, driving away from from the uh, the area, 
And like, I can't like the, the, the footage isn't great. You know what I mean? It's not, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of shitty footage. So you can't, I couldn't tell what kind of car it was. It, it looked just like a four door sedan, a large sedan. You know, it wasn't like a small vehicle. It was a, a four door sedan. Maybe it was a Lincoln or maybe, maybe it was, you know, who knows what it was. You know what I mean? It, it could have been, it could have been a four door Honda Accord for all I know. You know what I mean? I feel like but whoever it definitely did this like a fort. is not going to keep it to themselves. I think eventually we'll figure out who it was because they're going to go around and yeah. tell people about it. Yeah. On the other hand, it seems like there's yeah. an awful lot of people in the area who did not want these things around. And the government probably doesn't care to have it around, even though it's good for tourism. But it's like a problem that they have to constantly deal with. So the government might be very happy that it's gone. A lot of people didn't want it there because it was investigated by, I think, the county sheriff's office and the the Georgia uh, Bureau of Investigation, like the GBI. And uh, they have zero suspects and zero leads. I'm like, really? You got the dang thing on tape. It's a tourist attraction. You think they'd have leads or something or suspects, but apparently they yeah. found absolutely zero and they demolished it the same day. So I they the couldn't same have, day. Yeah. They did it real fast. Yeah. They couldn't have done a It's very, almost like they already had the equipment set up to to do that job. Right. You know, like Yeah, it just to just to line up the backhoe or whatever it is that they used to knock it over would have taken more than a day. So it seems like there was uh it seems like there's not really the political will to find whoever did this. And it seems to me like probably uh, the government there, you know, using the term loosely or people within the government, it seems like they didn't want this thing. And it might even be an inside job, you know, who knows. But I don't think they're ever going to find who did this because I don't think they care. <laughs> you know, I think they wanted it gone. Yeah. Well, it, it seems like a, a convenience. You know what I mean? Like it's it's convenient for them to have this gone, like you yeah. said, you know. Yeah, for sure. Well, now I can't visit it. I know. Isn't that a bummer? I don't know what else oh, I'd be doing over there, in, dude. in Georgia. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's yeah. some other trouble you can get yourself into. But yeah, but but like ETA was saying, we got it. We got him on video. <laughs> we got it on video, guys, and we can't figure out who did it. Yeah, it's the just, whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing is on video. And there's the, no somebody. So you have somebody. You have somebody walking up or running up to to the. Uh, they walked up to to the uh, Georgia Guystones. They place something, and it seems like one person. The, the 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 footage is really grainy and like really, it's not it's not great quality, you know. But like, you see somebody walk up to it, place something, and then then run away. And they definitely ran away, you know. And then the explosion happens, and then also on a different camera, um, and they had these cameras placed because of uh you know people spray painting the, the you know the, um and then like defacing you know uh th these granite. Uh, structures and um, that's the reason why you have the cameras there. But like the whole thing is basically caught on camera. It's just not great quality, and like you can't. I, 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 I with the car and stuff. Like I don't think you can really make out like the um, like you know the, li the license plate or anything like that. But like there's enough footage there to where you would think like some kind of like investigation would be capable of 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 finding out like something you know what i mean like uh, as you know like i don't know but but nothing has been found out yet as far as i know you know like as far as who did it or or nobody has like uh, claimed 
you know, responsibility for this I guess there's, there's bigger things going on <laughs> um, in, in the world, in the United States, to be investigating and worrying about anyways. Yeah, but so this is, we're recording this. Yeah, yeah. We're recording this on, what's today, the 19th, So and this happened on the 6th, and there's still not a single suspect? You gotta be kidding me, dude. Like, seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, you would think there would be at least somewhat of enough evidence there to, to you know, suspect somebody. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know, like, like but, I said, nobody has taken responsibility for this attack, but like, I don't know. It's just like, you'd, you'd think that they would know something about it yeah. rather than nothing. And know, that's like why, just, that's why I think it happened that, and that's about it. That's why I think that they're not trying all that hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? To, to find who yeah, did this. Yeah. I think that, you know, the government in the area, I think they wanted it gone. And we're talking about an area that's pretty strongly Christian from what I understand. So I think that probably a lot of people in government are glad that it's gone, you know. But yeah, so let's let's kind of wrap it up. Let's give uh, maybe give our our final thoughts here. So um, I think that it was probably destroyed by you know a Christian one way or another. And um, I think so. Here's what I think about the the stones in general. It was just kind of built by probably built by a rich weirdo who claimed to be part of a group. We don't know if he was part of a group or not, but there's you know at least that one dude. And the Guidestones are just rules to make a better world after the apocalypse. Um, maybe they watched too many post-apocalyptic movies or something. There's a lot of those back in, the, back in the day. It's sad that it was destroyed. It was just this cool, weird thing. And now it's gone. We don't need to agree with its message. We'll never be able to see it except for pictures. It's sad that a crazy fundamentalist destroyed something that would have become a historic monument. At some point, things like the Guidestones becomes the property of everybody. It's a, you know, just a community or a worldwide thing. It becomes a historic site. And because one asshole took it from us, we can't go no longer go and see it. Can't we just say that we don't agree with the message and even use it as an example of a misguided good intentions? Do we have to level everything we don't agree with? Because if this was the case, the whole world would be leveled. And ironically, this is exactly the sort of thing that the Guidestones were trying to prevent. <laughs> and that's kind of my, just my little end of show rant there. It's like... You had that written down, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was very well no, done. Well said. Well said, sir. Well said, yeah. Or, you took the words right out of our mouth. Or to summarize, <laughs> come on. <laughs> come on, <laughs> That's man. pretty much my yeah. final thoughts, what you know. What the hell? Yeah. I yeah, think I, it, I agree. I'm sorry. I agree 100%. Like, I, I don't think I could say it any better, really, you know? Yeah. Agent Ether, were you about to say something there? I was going to say, I actually think it was a group of people. It's a lot of money to come up with. One individual representing himself, I just find it unlikely. I think he probably did represent a group of people. Or at the very least, he represented someone else who was giving the money anonymously. Yeah, maybe it was like a method actor and they just hired some random dude to, <laughs> to play the... <laughs> I just can't believe that he had that they did banking without knowing his actual identity. I mean, that just wouldn't happen. Right. That's, I don't you know, care that's, how much money was involved. That's actually a whole part of the story we left out that um, I don't know, maybe get into another time because it's getting it's getting a little long here in the in the episode. But that is another interesting part of the story, how they were able to do that. Yeah, yeah. they're just like, OK, we'll take your money. Yeah, we'll go ahead and do it. And as far as the uh, the bombing goes, also I think probably the work of uh, of a group. I don't think it was an individual. 
Yeah, that's probably, yeah, that, that checks out, I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Welp, that's about all we have for you this week. You could really help us out if you check out the affiliate link in the description. This week, we've got some books about the Georgia Guidestones on Amazon. There's several different selections that go more into depth into the topic. Some of them are probably better than others, but there they are. Uh, Your purchase helps support the show and doesn't cost you anything extra. Keep it strange. Yes. All right. Post-show shenanigans. Let's talk to you here. What is this? Uh, Matt, I got to get closer. The font is really small. It's Mass Gib is raising their hand to come talk to us. Let's, uh, how do I let them on again? I clicked on their name. Hey, by, by the way, Donut Slayer, you are a legend, man. You're, you're yeah. always here. You're always here, dude. Absolutely. Good on you. There we man. go. I, I, we appreciate the shit out of you. We sure do. Thanks for listening, Donut Slayer. All right, now we got, how do I do this sidebar thing? There we go. What's up, Mass Gib? They come. Oh, not much. Just uh, driving home from work, you know, in Auckland. Oh, nice, nice dude. Okay. Is it so? Yeah, long time listener. Love it. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks, man. That's, that's yeah. really awesome. As uh, soon as I heard your voice, I was like, oh, this guy's from Australia. Yeah. No, New <laughs> Zealand. Oh, New Zealand. My oh, okay. bad. I'm okay. sorry, dude. It's, nah, it's close, though. You, you, can't, you can't really blame me too much. It's close, though, the, the accent. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> I did live in Australia for 10 years. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. 10 years. Yeah, it sounds... Yeah, uh, it was great. Me. It was great to hear all, all four of you together, too. Yeah, it's been a while. So yeah, yeah, dude. It can be hard to work out yeah, the schedules, I, I, yeah. 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 Nah, wicked. All right. Well, have a good drive. Um, and thanks, uh, thanks for listening. Do you have? Did you have uh, any? No worries. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Do you have Hi. any specific like oh. comments or questions or anything like that? Any opinions on the Georgia Guidestones? Uh, to be honest, just gutted that they got destroyed. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah just t- too quick too. Like it took them ten hours and they knocked it down. When is government ever? Ever been so efficient? <laughs> yeah, right. Right? Yeah, right. dude. Yeah. That's yeah. what I thought was weird. Yeah. Without yeah, any it's, monetary incentive. It's almost like Amazing. they were. Yeah. They were set up. They were set up for this. Like it, they were already ready. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It seems kind of weird, man. Like how fast they 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 took care of it. You know. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we'll let you go. We're gonna sign off here now. Got to get some files and stuff ready. But thanks for coming on stage. We always appreciate it. And for anybody yeah, else listening. Um, at the end of the show, sometimes we'll have people up on stage to say hello and just, uh, you know, comments, questions, opinions, whatever. And uh, also just uh, announcements that um, because we have some schedules shifting around, we're going to change our live shows to when Tuesday nights, uh, change the live shows to Tuesday nights. And because um, I usually release the show Thursdays, it's my uh, fault. <laughs> I usually release you the blame, you can blame it on ETA. It's my fault. Episodes usually come out Thursdays, um, like four o'clock California time. I think that's a good time to release them, but, um, two days or one and a half day or whatever it is, is probably not going to be enough time for me to edit everything. So I'm probably going to switch it to maybe like Monday mornings or something like that. We'll just have to see when I could get it to work. Or we could get a couple episodes in the bag Uh and then you could, uh, have more episodes in the bag. We actually do have two episodes in the bag because we sort of, we missed some stuff. 
because you know visitations and vacations and that kind of stuff but now we yeah. have one we just recorded yeah. project yeah. blue book good episode good episode blue book number four Dude. i haven't even edited that one yet and now we got this one so we'll have, we'll have I two i haven't been on the episode for what is it now three weeks something like that yeah, three yeah. Or four weeks yeah a lot of people traveling like my and, schedule, but, and out of town and yeah yeah, my, yeah my schedule is all fucked up and all uh irregular wow. and stuff and and now, now I have a, a a a solid schedule now that we know we can work off of, and th- th- this is my fault because I got <laughs> I got moved to night shift, graveyard shift on the opposite side of the week that I was working on, and uh, yeah, yeah, you can blame me for all this. I'm sorry. Ah, it's all good. <laughs> we'll make it work. But all right, I'm gonna hit stop record again because it looks like uh you know that's that was that was the end. And thanks. For coming up on stage i appreciate it mass gib and we love hearing from you guys so keep it strange oh yeah